نبي بعده اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون صدق الله العظيم قال النبي صلى الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من صام رمضان ايمانا واحتسابا غفر له من ذنبه ما تقدم وما تاخر او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام قال الله تعالى في شان حبيبي ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم اما بعد All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Our nourisher, our sustainer, our provider Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us Allah loves us more than what even our mothers love us Or anybody else can love us Once Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Was with a group of sahaba And it was after some expedition and they found they had some prisoners of war which they had captured and from amongst these prisoners there was a woman and this woman was very agitated she was very worried she was very concerned she was running helter-skelter looking for something so Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was with the group of sahaba who had captured these prisoners of war. So he asked them, what's wrong? What's wrong with this woman? Why is she so, you know, in such a state of anxiety? So they said that when we captured her, in the process of capturing her, she got separated from her child. And because she got separated from her child, now she's worried, she's concerned, she's looking for the child. So after a little while, they found the child and they took the child and they presented the child to her. So she took the child and she hugged the child and loved the child like how any parent would do. If, the, if your child or anybody's child gets lost and after some time you find the child, you know. So the Sahaba and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi watching the scene of this woman taking the child in her hands and, you know, lovingly hugging this child. The Nabi Wasallam used to look for any excuse to educate Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So he asked the Sahaba that, Oh my Sahaba, do you think that this woman will throw this child into a fire? Do you think that this woman will throw this child into, the fire, into a fire? He said, never. Ya Rasulullah. So she loves this child, she's been separated, now she found the child. Where is she going to destroy her child? So, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then explained to them that it was the love that this mother had to, for the child that put her into this anxiety. She says, likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you 70 times more than that this mother loves this child. And Allah doesn't want to put you into Jahannam. 
Allah doesn't want to put us into Jahannam. That is why Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu mentioned that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to punish us, then Allah would not give us the month of Ramadan. This month of Ramadan is very, very special in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a month where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves greatly. And all those who make an effort in this month of Ramadan, Allah loves them also very greatly because Allah doesn't want to punish us. This is why in the hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentions that shahrun azim kadhana alaykum shahrun azim that a very great month has come upon you. A, great, a very magnificent month has come upon you. Shahrun Mubarak, a month full of blessings, full of barakah. And we see the barakah in this month of Ramadan. So much barakah Allah Ta'ala sends in this month of Ramadan. Many, many ways Nabi Wasallam has described this month of Ramadan. In one hadith, Nabi Wasallam says that this is the month that Futihat Abwabul Jannah. That this is the month where the, the doors of Jannah are open. The doors of Jannah have become open. In fact, Jannah is being prepared for the last 11 months for this month. It's being embellished and decorated for this month of Ramadan. So Jannah, the doors of Jannah are open. And for those who fast, there is a special door which is called Rayyan. Which is called Rayyan, which all the Jannatis, all those who fast, the Sa'imin, they will enter into Jannah through these doors. Then he goes on to say that Ghulliqat Abwabul Jahannam. That in this month of Ramadan, Allah loves this month of Ramadan so much that He locks the doors of Jahannam. That the, the doors of Jahannam are locked, nobody, no entry for anybody into Jahannam. In this month of Ramadan, there's only entry into Jannah. Then He goes on to say, it doesn't end there also. Sufi that fihi shaitan. In this month, the rebellious shayateen are locked. They are put into chains. Shayateen, the rebellious shayateen, they are taken and put into chains. So that they do not spoil the fast of those Muslims in this glorious month of Ramadan. See, there are two enemies we got. One is the outer enemy and one is the inner enemy. The outer enemy is shaitan. Min sharril waswasil khannas. From the time the child is born, that shaitan is there with him. Likewise, a malaika, Allah sends an angel to be with every human being. You see. Many a times we say, hey, I just missed it. It was just, you know, few seconds. 
and I could have been in an accident or this, I could have fallen and this could have. It's not your mercy, it's Allah put those angels there. There are special angels that are there to guide us, to protect us, to safeguard us from lots of calamities and difficulties. We can't see them, but they are with us all the time. Likewise, there is a shaitan that's musallat upon every person also. Even Nabi said that even for me there is a shaitan, but I've got control over him. Because shaitan runs in our veins, majri dam, like how the blood flows, shaitan too runs. You see? So yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to protect us, you see, from doing wrong. In this month of Ramadan, so he locks up this shayateen. These shayateen have no control over us. So the only other thing that's destroying us is our nafs. Our basis of that evil that's inherent within each and every person. Because this nafs, it keeps on whispering and putting in our hearts evil. And that is the whole crux of the month of Ramadan. The crux of the month of Ramadan is what? Taqwa. What is taqwa? Control your nafs. Allah has made halal haram. Allah has made food, drink, and having relations haram. You see, Allah has made it haram during the time from Sari to Iftar. Allah has made it haram. To teach us that if you can stay away from halal in this time, then you should be able to stay away from haram also. So that after Ramadan, now carry on on this path. You see. So this is what we need to focus in this month of Ramadan. How to control our nafs. How to protect ourselves from all kinds of haram. You see in this month of Ramadan, you get different types of people. Different types of Muslims in this month of Ramadan. One of the types of people in this month of Ramadan are those for whom Ramadan is very difficult. It's a month of hardship. It's a month of suffering. It's a month of pain. I'm talking about Muslims. Why? Because they cannot fulfill their desires. They want to eat. They want to drink. They are thirsty. They can't drink. They want to fulfill their desires, they can't do it. So it's a man that's, you know, very difficult for them. And you find that these kind of people, their staff will tell you, who are non-Muslims. The non-Muslim staff say, we know exactly when the month of Ramadan starts. They say, how you know? They said, from that day the boss loses that shouting that we get. We don't get it in any other month. So what happens is they can't handle it. Even the wives at home, yesterday one wife phoned one mufti sahab 
and asking the Mufti Sahib, uh, Mufti Sahib, uh, can I, can, is my, will my husband be allowed not to fast? So he said, for what? He said, because he loses his temper in the month of Ramadan, we can't even go near him. And he just shouts and screams and goes off his head in this month of Ramadan. And many a times we see in the month of Ramadan, previous Ramadan also, they say the most amount of talaqs, the Jamiat did a survey, and they say the most amounts of talaqs that take place in the Muslim community takes place in this month of Ramadan. This is the reality of the situation. So you get these kinds of people, for, for them Ramadan is nothing, they don't care, they don't, they don't get no benefit, they just can't wait, they start counting the days, countdown, like how we count the days for when Ramadan is going to come, they count the days when Ramadan is going to end. Hey, the first fast is gone. As, as fast as possible it must finish so I can get out of this jail. So for them Ramadan is a restriction. It is, and they find it very, very difficult. The second type of people you find in the month of Ramadan, Muslims, are those whose whole focus in this month of Ramadan is on eating and drinking. Now whole day, they only want to what's for iftar? What can I get for iftar? And the whole day they'll be run on special, who got that on special, let me buy this here, let me buy All day their focus is only on iftar. That's why nowadays is a new trend, they call it iftar parties. People have iftar parties, invite everybody, come, come, come. Iftar party, we're having an iftar party. So their whole focus, their concern, in the month of Ramadan, from, from the Seri time, they'll gorge themselves, they'll pack as much as they can, eat as much as they can Seri time. You see? And then the whole day to the focus is on food, then iftar time comes, you'll see them at the time of iftar too, there's ten samosas to the cleaning. I know some people, they have to have two, two or three dozen samosas every day in the month of Ramadan. Because why? The focus is only food. The focus is only what I'm going to eat. You see. So their whole, whole concern, their worry in that month of Ramadan that, you know, I just have to get what I want once I break my fast. And what happens to these people, and many of us should do this exercise also, that now Ramadan has just started, go on the scale. Go on the scale and check our weight. I myself have to do it also. Go on the scale and check my weight. What is my weight? And then after Ramadan, go back on the scale and check my weight. Whether I know where, which category we are coming in. Because many people, because obviously, Shaharun fi yuzadu riskul mu'min, this month Allah increases his risk. And mashallah, some women folk, they go out of the way every day of Ramadan a new savory. They have a savory list from the first of Ramadan to the thirtieth of Ramadan. And after Tarawih snacks, that's what they got every day something new. So these people are their focus is only on to teach us the plight of the poor. We need to feel that hunger. We need to feel that thirst. That is what Ramadan is all about. Then the third category of people you get 
is for them. The only thing they know is, you know, I have to fast. I have to fast. Fasting is compulsory. But they don't fast. There are many Muslims who don't fast in the month of Ramadan. They are looking for excuses not to fast. The other day, I met one person, so he's telling me, you know, Malana, I, I feel so bad, I feel so ashamed, my children all are fasting, I'm not fasting. I said, but what's wrong? No, I'm diabetic. So oh, you're diabetic. So what, what's wrong if you're diabetic? I'm also diabetic. 30 years I'm diabetic, and I'm taking insulin also. But I'm fasting, nothing wrong. Is there anything wrong with me if I fast? He said, no, if you take the tablet, you're going to collapse by the evening. I said, then don't take the tablet. Don't take the tablet, we don't take the insulin. Alhamdulillah, Allah makes it easy. We manage to fast. So people are making excuses not to fast. They're looking for loopholes. Where, how? Oh, I have to take pressure medication, I have to take this medication. If you're not going to eat, then don't take the medication because the medication is obviously going to drop your, medi- your, your, your sugar levels. So for every little excuse they can find, they won't fast. And there are many, you see them on the roadside. Last year I was driving, a Muslim man, full Muslim, is busy eating chips and walking on the road. Well, many Muslims don't even know, they don't, they don't care. Whether it's Ramadan, whether it's out of Ramadan, you don't even see them in the masjid. You see, they are, Ramadan, they are Muslims just by name. If we know, because they haven't been educated on the importance of month of Ramadan. There are so many children in the madrasa, because we are in the maktab, that uh, two years ago, there was one child was coming, and she was very tired. She asked her, what's wrong? Why are you so tired? She said, no, I'm fasting. He said, yeah, we all are fasting. Say, but I fast without sharing. Say, but why are you fasting without sharing? He said, no, nobody in my house fasts. I'm the only one fasting. My father, mother, everyone else, nobody's fasting. But I have to fast. I know the importance of fasting. So they don't even know what is fasting. You see, so they don't fast. Some say, we, we don't have anything, we don't have anything, so we can't fast. So why must we fast? So you get that category of people also. Then you get this category of people who we call Ramadan Muslims. As soon as the month of Ramadan comes, mashallah, masjid is full. We are there for the five times salah. Uh, they're wearing Islamic garb. The women are putting on scarves. I remember one of our school teachers was a Muslim woman. So as soon as Ramadan comes, then she puts on a scarf. Out of Ramadan, the scarf is flown away. So many Muslim women too, mashallah, they'll dress Islamically. They'll read their salah. You see, they'll fast. But the moment the month of Ramadan is finished, then the Ramadan Muslims today are also gone. But what we don't understand is that our deen is not confined to any place and time. Doesn't mean that I'm in Makkatul Mukarramah, Medina, now I must be a practicing Muslim. Or in the month of Ramadan, I must be practicing Muslim. The whole object of Ramadan is to make us practical Muslims for the rest of our lives. And how we achieve that? If we make the correct intention in the beginning of Ramadan. You see, intention is very important. Especially in this month of Ramadan. Not only the intention to fast, 
But we must make the intention to change our lives. That Ya Allah, make this Ramadan a means of my hidayat and for my guidance for the rest of my life. You see? So we have to keep on reminding ourselves every day that why am I doing this? This is an exercise for me to learn how to be a practical Muslim, how to live as a Muslim for the rest of my life. Many of us have seen many Ramadans, 50, 60 Ramadans. But analyze our life and check that what happens after Ramadan. In a few months later, everything flies away, gone. Whatever we achieve, whatever ruhaniyat, whatever spirituality, you see, we achieve in the month of Ramadan, it just disappears. Why? Because we never made the intention to change forever. And then the last category are those Allah make us from amongst them that who just can't wait. When the Ramadan is starting, you know, they're looking forward, they count down for Ramadan is on. And they roll up their sleeves. And as Ramadan comes in, they start. Because they realize that every moment of this month is more precious than the, all the gold, silver, and all the wealth of this world can't match one moment of this month of Ramadan. That's if a person values the amal of the Akhir. So they go out of the way. They are those who close the shops. They are those, mashallah, who cut the hours down. Instead of closing at 5, they're closing at 3, at 4, whatever time. They are those who go late, you see, and they make the sacrifice of their dunya for deen. And whatever risk Allah has bestowed for them, they'll still get it. But that time they use it for amal, because this is a month of amal. It's not just staying away from food, drink, etc. But this is a month where we have to increase on our amal. Our good actions. This is why Allah Ta'ala has magnified, has multiplied every amal in this month of Ramadan. Every faraz a person is reading, he's getting the reward of 70 faraz. Imagine you go to a shop and you buy, for example, one chocolate. And the shopkeeper tells you, 69 is bansela for you. Or 70 is bansela for you. So for every one, Allah is giving us 70. For every nafil, sunnah act we do, it is, it is, it is taken up to the category of faraz. One salat we are reading, maghrib salat for example, three rakat. Right? So three times 70. And then if we read it with ikhlas, we read it with sincerity, we read it with diyan, with focus towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahu yuda'ifu limay yasha' Allah increases tremendously for whom He wants. So the minimum in the hadith and the Qur'an, it comes 700 times. The month of Ramadan, if you give some charity, it is multiplied 700 times. So 700 times, 70 times 700. And then we read it with Jamaat, times 25. Times 25. 
you calculate, it comes to over a million. But what we'll do, we'll sit at home, make iftar at home, and don't come to the masjid and perform our faras. So those kinds of fasts, Allah is not in need of you. That where you're reading, you're missing out the faraiz. The faraiz, fasting is faras. Salah is also faras. So you're leaving out one faras, a time of sari, instead of coming to the masjid and performing your salah, your fajr salah with jamaat, you sit here at home, finish sari, go to sleep. And illa mashallah, some people may read their fajr, some don't even read their fajr. But here Allah is giving us this opportunity. Come to the, to the masjid and then everything is multiplied. Then Allah is giving us this glorious amal which is special for the month of Ramadan, which is the taraweeh, salah. Beginning, mashallah, five serve, six serve. And as we're coming to the second ten days or even before that, the crowd is dropping. Where are they going? It should be the same enthusiasm, the same love and, uh, you know, looking forward to performing amal in this Ramadan from the beginning, it must last right to the end. It's, there's no soda water josh, you know, they're just in the beginning you have to do it. 27 nights, mashallah, Ramadan came and Ramadan went and it was very good. No, we have to be consistent. The actions which Allah loves the most are those that are done consistently, constantly. We can't leave it out. Not one day can we leave out. Every tarawih, in every tarawih Allah is giving us communion with Him. We are going into sajda 40 times. Every sajda is like we are in the lap of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can we leave out tarawih salah? And make excuses also that no, I can't perform tarawih. It's too hard, too difficult. All day I'm fasting. I'm going to stand for tarawih. At least many of us can't even read Quran. Unfortunately, if you take a survey, I can guarantee you more than 50% people don't know how to read Quran. And this is the month of Quran. They are depriving themselves of a very great favor from Allah Ta'ala. And I'm not saying this just like that. We run an adult class. And from the adult class of about 10, 12, only two people would, could read Quran when we started it. MashaAllah, the rest of them now are almost there. Just about five of, of them haven't come into Quran. But that is just a, a general survey. If a person doesn't need, doesn't know how to read Quran and doesn't read Quran in the month of Ramadan, then he's depriving himself of something very, very great. Whereas Allah Ta'ala in the Quran says, شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنَ That this is the month in which the Quran was revealed. Our pious predecessors, they used to stop everything. All the other amas, they should stop it. Hazrat Shaykh Ramatullah he, you know, he encouraged all his muridin that in this month of Ramadan, I want to see who makes the most amount of khatams. He encouraged them. And Hazrat Ji, Mawainam al-Hassan, 
Rahmatullahi. I'm not talking about now a couple of centuries ago. I'm talking about now this uh, in the 1900s, 2000. He made 61 khatams in the month of Ramadan. How many khatams do we make in the month of Ramadan? How many of us even attempt to make a khatam? My dear brothers, we've got the time. Allah has given us the opportunity. Don't deprive yourself. Link our hearts with Quran. This is the whole thing of the month of Ramadan. You see, that we have to link our hearts with the Quran. Because the Quran, this is guidance for the entire mankind. If there's no Quran in a person's heart, then Kalbaytil Kharib. The hadith describes this person as an abandoned home. His heart is like an abandoned home. A haunted house. And you know what happens in a haunted house. So no Quran, your heart is bereft, is deprived of so much of khair and goodness. So this is a month where we should increase in our tilawat. Maximum time must be given to the Quran. And the least we can do is at least come for the entire taraweeh so we can, if we can't read properly, then at least we can listen. You see, at least we can listen to the Qur'an. Once in our lives, listen to the whole Qur'an being recited from cover to cover. And if you don't know, then learn. Don't make excuses. MashaAllah, small, small children, seven, eight years old, they're reading Qur'an. Yeah, in this madrasa, they're reading Qur'an perfect. It's not impossible. Anybody who puts his mind to it, he can learn. They are revered Muslims in two, three days. In one week they are reading Quran. Because they want to. Then we got hundred excuses if you don't want to do it. See my dear brothers, once a person was going past a graveyard, so he went to, to the cover to read for the deceased. So as he is reading, he can hear like a sound. He can hear sound coming from another grave a little bit far away. So he decided, let me go and see what's left. And as he comes to that grave, he can hear Quran being recited. Like in the Azad of Qabristan, our Marhum Karisar said of him, day of that, Qabristan, he was asking the people when, that, you know what, every night I hear like somebody reading here in this Qabristan, somebody reading. So they said, what is reading? He said, I don't know, but, but I can explain to you, you know, how, what, he's, what they are reading, because I know the sound. So then, the person asked him, what is it, reading like Quran, and he read him, he said, yes, exactly, that's the same thing. So he said, which cover? So he took him to the, our Qadisar's Marhum's cover, Allah gave him Jannatul Firdos, uh, and raised his ranks. So he took him, he says, this cover, that sound comes from this cover. So likewise, this person also heard the sound. So when he came there, he asked, so one person after that saw in a dream, Ab is reading Quran in the cover, and all the inmates of the cover are listening to his kirat. Sometimes Allah showed us, like the one person, there was fire coming out of his grave. So when they went to find out, one of uh, Mufti Sahib from Lanesia, he saw this with his eyes. So he went to find out what's happening here, why there's fire coming out of this grave. 
So when he went to the home of that person, so they asked the wife, that, what happened? What, what? There was fire coming out of your husband's grave. They said, yeah, this man abused me in my whole life, I stayed with him. Allah has punished him in the grave and showing us that you're not going to get away. Because the grave, alam barzakh there's life in there, it's not death. It's not nothing happening there. So nevertheless, this person, he, uh, Allah put in his, gave him the ability. Sometimes Allah gives kash, kash is a special kind of inspiration that a person gets. There's no time to go into that, uh, this thing. So he asked that person, what are you doing? You reading Quran in the grave? He said, yeah. He said, what happened? He said, no, I made dua while I was moving. That ya Allah, in the cover, give me a chance to read Quran. Give me a chance to read Quran. So this person said, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. So this person from the grave is telling him, you know, from the day I passed away till now, I made 80,000 khatams of the Quran. 80,000 khatams of the Quran. But your one, Subhanallah, is better than this 80,000 khatams of the Quran. Because I get no reward for reading in the khabar. So my dear brothers, while we've got the chance, we've got the life. Don't waste it. We've got this glorious month of Ramadan. Allah wants to bless us. Allah wants to forgive us. There's two things we have to make an effort on. One is to gain taqwa. That is to gain control over our nafs and stay away from all sins. The least we can do in this month of Ramadan, which is the object, is to stay away from all sins. Whether it's sins of the eyes, ears, sins of the tongue, sins of the limbs, sins, even the heart. Even learn to protect your heart, your, your mind from evil thoughts. That is the real fast. And the next thing is that we should make a lot of istighfar and tawbah. We can see the halat. We can see the conditions around us, what is happening. And the only thing that's going to save us is istighfar. So this is a month of istighfar. You see, where Allah wants to forgive us. So we have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness as much as we can. We can't read Quran, we make zikr. La ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah. As much as possible. As'aluka al-jannah, wa'udhu bika min al-nar. Allah give us entry into jannah and save us from the punishment of jahannam. Allah give me and all of us to fix the